Welcome to Roots of Virtue. Um, welcome to the first episode, the inaugural episode of the show. I'm Eli Roberts. I'm the host. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking time out of your day. There's a lot more interesting shows out there that you could be listening to, but I think this one is probably going to be much more worth your time. If that sentence made sense. <clears throat> so this episode, I would like us to turn to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is not exactly a happy book in the Bible, in the Old Testament, not exactly one of the most cheeriest of the Old Testament prophets, but uh, I think he's one that we could probably get a lot of uh, good out of today. All right. So we're going to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse number 14. All right. Jeremiah ch chapter 6, verse number 14. It's a brief little uh, series of verses that we're going to read, but I, I would, uh, there's it, it a lot in here. Okay. So <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14 says, They have healed also the hurt of the dog. Of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set my watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Right? So, what's going on here? Well, this is the kingdom of Judah, right? The southern kingdom, the kingdom is split, and uh, things aren't looking very good right now, right? So, the northern kingdom has already fallen, and Judah has fallen into idolatry, and into sin, and into a whole bunch of nonsense. So, basically, Jeremiah, throughout this entire book, is basically outcrying, you know, crying out like, hey, we got to get right. The Lord's not happy with us. Things aren't good, right? So what are the problems with Judah? Well, the first and biggest problem that they had was that they didn't want to acknowledge that there were any issues, right? So there was a total collapse of their society going on all around them, right? Um, and they cried peace and peace when in reality they were about to be invaded and annihilated, right? They didn't feel any shame in their abominations. They worshipped false gods in the work of their own hands, right? And they refused to walk in the old paths, in the good way, right? The, the Lord specifically tells them, he says in verse 16, uh, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls, right? The things that we should find meaning in, they will not walk therein, right? The Lord had told them what they were supposed to do. He told them to walk in the old ways and the good and the holier path, but they didn't want that. They refused, and they thought that the new ways that they had embarked on were a whole lot better, right? And they wouldn't hearken to the watchmen. They refused to listen to the prophets, to the priests, to the men of God who were placed over them. They didn't want to listen to them at all. And so the fate of Judah was that they were cast down, and the Babylonians, they came in, they tore up the place, they took took them into captivity. It was a whole ordeal, right? And But this was because they had turned away from God. And so I read this, and I see a bit of a parallel issue in our own society, right? Um, and that is, we refuse to act like there is an issue in the United States, in America, in the West broadly, right? Just as the Jewish people acted as if there was nothing but peace in their times, so do we do the same thing in our own nation. We act as if everything is fine, and our society has done nothing but move in a, a positive and progressive direction, and it's all good. But in reality, our entire civilization seems to be coming apart at the seams, right? So I did some basic research, because if you look around, things don't seem great. So I did some basic Google searching, and I can't verify that this is all 100% accurate, okay? But I did some basic Google searching, 
And I found that according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, suicide is the 12th highest cause of death in the United States. In 2020, there were 1.2 million suicide attempts, million, right? Suicide attempts in the United States and 455, well, sorry, <clears throat> 45,979 of those attempts were unfortunately successful, right? According to the CDC, that much vaunted organization, the CDC said that there were over 26,000 murders in 2021. And according to the National Institute for Mental Health, there were 21 million adults who suffered at least one major depressive episode. And so I look at this and I see that there's something really wrong with our nation, with our people. There's something wrong. We should not have a society that has suicide as the 12th highest cause of death. Where, you know, 21 million people are suffering from at least one episode of depression. Where there's 26,000 murders in the year of 2021. I mean, something seems deeply wrong there. The problem goes a lot deeper in our country and in our, our culture. There's a, a sickness of apathy and softness that are growing in our churches, and yet we don't want to acknowledge that at all, right? I, I look around, and in our own churches, I, I don't think we rarely ever see a drive to go out and win souls. I mean, we're content to just sit back and have Christmas cantatas and Bible studies and potlucks and fancy dinners and all this, all the fun stuff that we do as a church till the cows come home. But rarely do we, as believers, go out and try to spread the good news. You know, the whole thing that we're called here to do. According to a 2021 Gallup poll that I also did a basic Google search on, um, the number of Americans who claim to be a part of any type of religious organization fell to below uh, 47%. Now, it's a Gallup poll, so you can't really trust it. It could be wrong. Uh, but still, the fact that it's even a possibility is a pretty shocking number, considering in 1937 that number was 73%, according to the same poll. I mean, people are leaving, you know, not just the Christian faith, but any faith in large numbers, and we don't want to seem to ask why. That 47%, that was all religions. That's not just Christians. And when you take that into consideration, how much smaller percentage of that is Christians, and how much even, well, people who claim to be Christians, and how much of an even smaller number of that is actual Christians, right? In our churches, we've lost our, we've lost fire, we've lost our, our, our chutzpah, we're just kind of, you know, weak. You know, Christian churches have become a place where you, we all want to just come in and we just want to feel good. We want to come in and we just want to talk about, oh, the love of God and, and how God wants the best for us. But we never want to talk anymore about how there's an enemy, how there's a foe that we face, how there's there's an enemy who walketh about as, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We no longer have the courage to call sin what it is because we just want to be loving. We just want we just want to love people. We don't want to get make people uncomfortable. We don't want to offend people, right? But you know that's that's such a common attitude in our day. You know, just just love love people. We don't we don't condemn anything. We just love on people, right? But when you love someone, you tell them when they're about to get themselves killed, right? You rebuke your loved ones when they're doing something stupid, right? When they're doing something wrong. You don't just let them do something that's going to harm themselves, right? If 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 I knew there was a massive killer lion waiting outside the door, right? And you were sitting there, and I look at you, and I knew there was a lion outside the door, and you were going to walk out that door. Would it be absurd if I, if I just decided not to warn you because I didn't want to judge your actions of opening a door to the killer man-eating lion waiting outside? I mean, what if I did try to warn you, and everybody else turned around, well, you know... 
it's their choice if they want to open that door. Why are you being so judgmental if they want to open the door? And why can't you just respect their decision and be loving, right? I think the next problem is that we don't have any shame in our abominations anymore. I think that in our society, sin and immorality, they've become so common to us. It's become so ordinary that we see the things that would have repulsed us. Now we barely bat an eye. I mean, think about it. In 2008, Barack Obama, he, he got up, you know, on national television. And he, he when he was asked about gay marriage, he said, well, look, look, this is my great Barack Obama impression. Look, marriage is between a man and a woman. That's all there is. That's what it is. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And then in, in you know, with the Obergefell decision, right, the, the decision that legalized gay marriage, suddenly he's lighting up the entire White House in rainbow flags, right? I mean, think about it. it you know, used to, it was a scandal to, to find out that there was, you, you know, it was, it was, sin was something that we didn't, endorse right when we saw it it repulsed us there was a there were moral panics remember i don't know if any of you guys you know i'm a pretty young guy right but i i read about things like oh in the 80s there was a satanic panic right people were always people were terrified of of of, of satanists trying to indoctrinate your kids right you know if you were a christian in those days a lot of old timers were against things like you know dungeons and dragons and, and all sorts of things right there was a moral panic about things. When was the last time we had an act? Nowadays, right? You know, we have Satan Con in Boston, right? I don't know if any of you all ever saw, but a few months back, there was there was this big convention of all these Satanists, right? And they were, you know, tearing up the Bible and, and, and chanting, Hail Satan or whatever, you know, causing a big ruckus, right? But, you know, we live in a day and age where that can happen, right? We live in, this is the same country where, you know, 30 40 years ago if that same thing had taken place it would have been a, it would have been insane it would have it would have it would have caused a moral outrage but now we've got our 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 you know the biggest music stars in our day will you know just you know have music videos showing absolute debauchery you know and and right at the access of of of, of children to stumble upon right you know um for example, like I mentioned with, with uh, Obama with, with gay marriage, right? We see blatant and open displays of homosexuality every day. I mean, uh, you know, we just, a few, last month was, was Pride Month, right? And, and everywhere you went, there was rainbow flags everywhere. Uh, all of the biggest companies all got out to, to show their, their, you know, endorsement of, of homosexual lifestyles, right? And we see that. And I think oftentimes we're complicit in endorsement when we think, well, you know, who am I to judge? It's their life. I'm going to let them do what they will. I'm just going to love people, right? I Love is love. I just let them do whatever they want as long as they don't make me do it. But when we don't actually, you know, go out there to try and combat it, right? When we let this kind of stuff just kind of run roughshod over the culture, we're, we, we, are, we are complicit. You know, we're... we're, we, we're we don't, if we don't take action against it, we're helping it, basically, right? We see false religions dominating our culture nowadays, and we refuse to say anything about them, right? I can think of almost all of the major social movements of our days are, are really just false religions, right? 
I think that there is uh, one of the most predominant false religions in our days is be things like a transgenderism, climate alarmism, right? I don't know. It seems to me like it's a the idea that men can have girls trapped inside of them and that they've just got to cut open their bodies in order to let that little girl out of them. To me, that seems like a, a pretty religious idea that your soul is is uh, somehow can be born in the wrong body and and that that you you've got to you know mutilate yourself to make yourself right and align yourself with your soul or your or your mind or, or somehow i mean that seems pretty religious to me i look at people like uh you know all of the people who just stop oil the climate change people who go around and they're they're constantly making a ruckus about oh we got to reduce the carbon emissions right the idea that we've got to somehow appease nature or the sun is going to get angry at us and it's going to melt all the ice and we're all going to die right we've got to not uh, anger the sun or the, the the climate or else mother nature will get angry at us and 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 seek vengeance upon us that's a pretty religious idea to me and i mean how often do we personally we don't take shame in our own abominations right there there are things that that we have uh in our own lives that cause issues but we don't we don't say anything about them we don't we don't do anything to combat those things right sins in our own lives that we refuse to deal with we refuse to walk in the old paths, right? As a nation, I think we've developed a disdain for anything old, right? As a country, as a people, we anything that came before us, we got to get rid of it because we got to replace it with something new and better. I think I, I, this is a personal gripe for me, but I think it's a bit indicative. I look around in a lot of cities and a lot of towns or whatever, and you'll see these buildings, these old buildings, old town halls, old courthouses, stuff that's been around for, for over a hundred years or so, or or uh, or an old library that was built way back when and, and we tear it down because we want to we want to modernize it and we we put up a new building with all this new modern architecture squares and just these you know the new modern brutalist style architecture right we tear down the old stuff because we think that the new stuff is better right and it's the same way with ideas we want to tear down all the good and we, we want to tear down every old idea that came before us because we we are so enlightened and modern in our new day right well you know back in the old days they believed things like you know marriage was only between a man and a woman but we're far more enlightened now we, we understand that we can do whatever we want right the, this idea that there's a god is is really silly when you, it's kind of silly when you think about it you know the idea that we got to listen to some what sky dad to tell us to be good people that i need religion to be a good person that's a pretty backwards idea you know in the in the modern days we we can understand now that, that men and women they're basically the same they can do all of the same things they have all the same roles right men can act like women women can act like men they can fulfill the same duties and it's totally fine as a matter of fact you know we we a man has the potential to be a woman if he so believes he is because it's this identity right because they're just that interchangeable you know we don't think of this think of things the same way as all of those old timers who who cling to their bibles and stuff right and you can you can say well well eli i think you're being a bit disingenuous i think maybe you're being a bit harsh you're being a bit straw manny right maybe i am maybe i'm not being as as uh, nuanced as i would be but this is this is the common attitude from from a lot of of people who don't um believe in the scriptures as the way that a lot of christians do right 
And But we as Christians are just as guilty of the same thing. This is not just a world issue. This is an us problem too. We've developed this mindset that we have to, to get rid of the old path so we can make way for new stuff, right? You know, we, we, we want to throw out... You know, we, we look at things like the King James Bible, and I'm a big fan of the King James Bible. It's the Bible I use. It's the Bible I predominantly use and the, the Bible that I would, uh, you know, instruct any everybody to use. It's it's not a complicated thing. It, maybe you have a bit of a learning curve to it, but as someone who's grown up with it my whole life, it's a pretty, it's not difficult to understand, right? And, and we look at that and we say, yeah, you know, the KJV, it may have worked for English-speaking people for the last 400 years, but... You know, it's too old-fashioned for us. There's too many these, too many those, too many too many old-fashioned words. We need to make it new for modern audiences, right? We've got to make it, we've got to remove the, the, the beauty of its language so it's just more simple and dumbed down for our modern brains, right? You know, we look at things like, we, you know, modesty, right? Now, I'm not here to, to rant about women wearing pants. I'm not one of those people, but we look at things like modesty and, and, uh, you know, you know, well, there was that whole modesty thing and that really worked well for all of the old timers, but we don't need that anymore. You know, if, if, you know, guys and girls alike want to run around like they got nothing on in, you know, skinny pants and that reveal everything or, or, or nothing, we don't need that anymore. We don't have to think about those things, right? I think that a lot of the times we're quick to throw out a lot of the old classic songs and hymns and, and, and things because we think they're too dry. Now, I don't have a problem with modern songs. I don't have a problem with modern music. But I think that it's a bit of an issue of our day where we see something that's old and something that maybe wasn't made in our day or was a long time ago or or, or maybe has references that we don't quite understand that we got to dig a little deeper to, to get the full meaning of. And we see that and we just want to throw it out immediately just because we don't. It, it's not of our time, right? We gotta modernize our worship programs, right? And 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 then there's a lot of things that because the ideas aren't fashionable in our day, we throw them out too. I think of things like, well, you know, the Bible says that the earth was created in six days, but that's just too crazy for our modern age. This is the age of science. We don't believe those things anymore. It's probably just all a metaphor. We'll just throw it out. You know, we just you know, God could have used evolution or whatever. We we're quick to throw things that don't fit our time. We're quick to throw those things away, right? I know that God said there was a, supposed to be a structure to the family, but that, you know, it's too old-fashioned and, and it doesn't sit well today with a lot of people, so we just got to throw that out, right? The the, the structure for successful and, and happy families, right? With a lot of modern people, it doesn't sit very well with a lot of uh, modern uh, 21st century sensibilities, right? And we know how God wants us to live our lives, and we know how he wants us to conduct ourselves, but oftentimes we have such a fear of seeming old-fashioned or, or, or too fundamental or, or, or out of touch that we get off of that path as quickly as we can, right? And we don't hearken to the watchman anymore, right? As a nation, we like to kind of sit back and we like to laugh at a lot of the old-time you know, style preachers, the fire and brimstone guys, the guys who would, who would get up and they'd get loud and they'd get angry and they'd sweat bullets or whatever. And, and sometimes I think they get a little ridiculous. Um, but, but I think we, it, we're too quick to just pass them off as relics of, of a bygone age when they're sitting there and they're trying to warn us when we're heading down a wrong path, you know, when, when they said, when, well, you know, if, if, if you let this thing go, it's a slippery slope, right? But, um, I think we're, we, we, we risk ourselves when we look at those with oh, those old timers and we think, well, they're 
relics of bygone ages. We've moved past the need of those guys. We're, we're more in tune with our emotions now, right? How many times have we heard preachers come and warn us about the, our current state, both as, as Christians and as a culture, when they say, look, you know, they're leading to this thing and they're going to try and normalize this and that, and, and they're trying to, to undo the family and they're trying to, to uh, normalize uh, aberrant behaviors and they're trying to, to desensitize you to things like violence and to things like immorality, right? And we, we look at that and we scoff. We, we kind of laugh at it. We're like, <laughs> well, you know, that may work for some guys, but that's not for me, right? Or even worse, how many times do we hear a critical message from God that the, man, that the preacher has brought to us from his word? And it pokes at us. It pokes at our sins. It pokes at the things that we've done wrong. And we hear that and we get offended, right? And we get offended and we fight back, right? We think, how dare he call out my sin, right? What, what, what is his concern what I do? It doesn't affect him or anybody else. He's got no right to talk about the way I dress. It's my money. I don't have to pay tithes if I don't want to. I'll do what I want with it, right? How many times has that crossed our minds? It's crossed my mind many, plenty of times, you know, when it comes to things like the, the types of movies I watch, the type of shows I listen to, the types of music I, I, I enjoy, right? Those types of things occur all of the time. But when we refuse to listen to the watchman that God has set over us, we're refusing to listen to God, right? When we refuse to listen to the preacher because we don't agree with his message, really what you're doing, if his, of course, if his message is backed up by the scripture, of course, don't just, if you see a man behind a pulpit, don't just take him at his word, right? But if he's, his message is backed up by scripture, right, and we listen to what he has to say, and it's clear that it's from the Lord, but we just don't want to hear it, we just don't agree with it, what we're really doing is we're really refusing to listen to God at that point, right? And just like Judah, if we just, you know, if we keep on this path, if, if we keep, you know, turning our back on God on all of these things, if we don't go to the, if we don't stick with, with the old paths, if we don't, we don't listen to what God has to say, if we don't hearken to his word, you know, we're going to end up in a similar situation. I don't think, you know, Babylonians are going to come from the Middle East and, you know, ride over and, uh, you know, put us all into slavery and burn down New York City or something. But, right, our nation and our culture and our people, we, we're going to be in, in a very, very rough place if we keep going down this path, right? Um, Just as the kingdom of Judah could have easily avoided their destruction, we can avoid it as well, right? It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a fun thing to do. It's not something that you're going to want to do. But it's something that we've got to do if we want to avoid that same fate, right? So what do we got to do? What's what's the first step here, right? Okay. Well, the first thing that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to be honest with ourselves, both as Americans and as Christians, right? And the truth is, is that America is not in a good place. And that many of the things that we've pushed for in the last couple of decades as a form of, of progress and, 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 and moving forward is actually wickedness, right? You know... Everything from just this, the entire cultural landscape, almost, as of late, is, is not in a good place. Um, but the church isn't in a good place either. And so we can't allow ourselves to sit on our high horses, in our buildings, in our sanctuaries, you know, listening to, our, singing our songs, reading our Bibles, and think that, well, we're, well, the world may have completely fallen apart, but at least we're good. No, 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 we're in a bad place too, right? 
we've grown callous to the state of the world and the fate of the lost, right? We And we've grown incredibly soft on our convictions. So not only are we not going out to to witness to people, to bring them to Christ, but we're, we're not even standing fast on the things that God's told us to do. We're not even operating as, as salt and light in the world, right? So we got to ask for the old paths. And we, so, so we know how God wants us to live, right? And it's, it's pretty simple. We just got to do what he tells us, right? If it's in the Bible, just do it. It's that simple. It's, it's not a very hard thing to do. It may seem old fashioned. It, it may seem, you know, kind of out there, but we know the truth, right? Let God be true and every man a liar. We know what's true. So just stick to it. And it doesn't matter what the world calls you. It doesn't matter if they call you backwards or a bigot or, 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 or way out there, you know, oh, stay away from those guys. They're way too, oh, they're way too old-fashioned, right? If if it's in the Bible, if it's come from God himself, if it's in his word, just stick with it, right? And we got to listen to the men of God in our lives, right? When the preacher's talking, sit up, take notice, listen to what he says. If it's backed up by God's word, you know, make a point to actually take note of what he's saying. And not let it go in one ear and out the other and just completely forget about it as soon as you walk out the door of the auditorium or the sanctuary. I mean, don't and, and, and don't try to reason, don't try to reason your way out of why he's wrong and you're right. If there's a matter in your in your life that you need to get right. If there's something that you should be doing that you're not, don't try and, and, and out logic the preacher or out logic God. Don't try and, and, and turn your sins into virtues. And, and don't be so foolish as to think you can outwit God because you can't. And finally, we got to be ashamed again, right? Whenever we see sin, whenever we see sin endorsed in our culture, we need to feel a sense of shame. When we have a whole month dedicated to the idea of pride and how it's great and how we should just be pride in our, our, our debauchery, right? In, in our sexual lifestyles, that should be something that we're proud of. Much the, the idea of having a month dedicated to pride specifically, which is, I don't know, but if you remember, that was the sin that got Lucifer cast out of heaven, right? It's kind of the, the granddaddy of all sin is pride. If we have a whole, if we have gotten to the point in our culture where we have a whole month dedicated to that, where the highest offices in our land, where our, where the, the cultural leaders and our political leaders are endorsing that, we need to feel a sense of shame. If we're at a point in our country where it's a contentious issue that you shouldn't murder babies, we need to feel a sense of shame, right? And we can't allow ourselves to be so desensitized to sin and let it, it become so common that it doesn't phase us, right? Like, when we see the rainbow, God's, you know, picture to us of his promise never to destroy the earth with water again, and we see that used as a symbol for sin, that should make us angry. We shouldn't let that become so common that we see that and we're like, ah, well, you know, it is what it is. We should get angry about that. We shouldn't let, let, you know, when we, we turn a song on the radio or radio, what am I, 80? When we, we turn a song on Apple Music or, or Spotify or whatever, and it's just completely vile and vulgar and disgusting, we shouldn't let that be like, oh, that is how it is. We should be like, why is this even allowed? Why is, why are people even playing this? We should get a little bit upset. We should get, we should have a little bit of a moral outrage at that. We got to repent of our abominations, right? We got to blush. We got to, we got to, when we see something was wrong in our life, we got to repent, right? My own pastor, he quotes this verse all the time. It's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people are called by my name 
who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Right? We as Christians have to repent of our own sins if we want to even see anything close to stuff to, to our, our the world around us setting the ship right. We can't try and, and fix things if we got problems in our own lives. So we, we have to humble ourselves. We have to call out. We have to repent of our own sins. And then, as he says, as, as, as scripture says here, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. If we want to avoid Judah's fate, we have to turn back to God. We have to repent. Repent, repent, repent. That's the, I, There's no other way to describe it. We have to, to reject the world and embrace God. We have to, to turn from their wicked ways. We have to get back to the old paths. We have to feel shame in our sins. We need to repent. We need to... to be honest with ourselves. We can't continue to lie to ourselves and, and say, you know, everything's good. We we bring people into church and it's a house of love. We make them feel good. We make them feel good about God's plan. Yeah, God's got a plan, right? And God is love. But we can't let that blind us to the state of, of the world and how things are going. That's all I've got uh, for this episode today. Um, I hope that you have gained something from this. I hope that there's something that uh, you can take away from this. I, I hope that you think about this for a little bit. And then uh, I ask, you know, share this around. Uh, give us a follow on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast or whatever. And, and send this to people who you think this would help. Right? It does no good if, if you hear it and then you don't spread it around. Right? So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And thank you so very much for listening. <laughs>